This podcast is sponsored by the Faith Mission Christian Fellowship Church Incorporated, continuing the vision for end time ministry. Be sure to purchase Kerry Golston's first ever publication, Go Teach My People Faith, co-authored by Lisa Williams, now available on Amazon.com. Interested in becoming a member, giving, or submitting a prayer request? Text Give Prayer or Member to 845-254-2445, fill out the prompts, and a member of our team will contact you. We believe that you'll receive wisdom, understanding, favor of God and men, health to all your flesh and bones, and revelation knowledge as you partake of the word. And we believe that your faith is growing exceedingly. In Jesus' name, amen. Come visit us at 160 West 129th Street in Harlem, New York. We'd love to see your face in the place. But for now, enjoy today's message. Wisdom, understanding, favor of God and men, health to all my flesh and bone, and revelation knowledge as I partake of the word. And I believe that my faith is growing exceedingly in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, praise God. If you would please turn in your Bible to a very familiar scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Amen, amen, amen. Romans chapter 12. And verse 2. This is also going to, as I said, it's going to dovetail into what we uh, did on Friday evening and uh, continue this afternoon. But in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, this is uh, a study that we were in before, but it never really, never really runs out. You, you continually receive more and more revelation and uh i thought about it uh after uh brother higgin uh went to be with the lord and uh, the lord asked me well what do you want because i saw him before he went uh the same as i uh, you know uh, what's his name <laughs> uh, i'm thinking ahead of myself mm. Enoch, I mean, Elijah and Elisha, that's that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, my mind is racing. I'm, I'm ahead of myself because I'm getting stuff. You ever, you ever try to talk to two, three people at one time? <laughs> it, it, you know, God talking to me, I'm trying to remember stuff, and I'm talking to you at the same time. It, it, you know, it gets like that. But anyway, uh I, I think back to uh, when the Lord asked me, what do you want when Brother Hagin went to be with the Lord? And I said, oh, well, I want a double portion of his faith life, a double portion of his love walk, a double portion of his uh, of his favor with you, and a double portion of his success in ministry. And uh, I've seen since that time such incredible wisdom come out of my spirit because God is answering the request because I'm saying things like like Friday night Saturday I was hearing things for the first time just like they was 
they just did real because it was coming out of my mouth. They saw it. <gasps> oh, where did he get that? And I'm thinking, oh, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that's the way it works. Okay, that's exactly how it works. And then when, when it happens, then he gives you a revelation on the revelation that you spoke. You, you, after you get to know God at that level, you begin to see that kind of thing, that he'll speak something to you, and you won't have a clue. But then he'll give you revelation on what he spoke to you. And I'm telling you, it just opens up things for you. It's, it just becomes absolutely amazing. So uh, I said that to say that this weekend brought a lot of that. And, and I have to attribute it to, to uh, the, the, the requests for a double portion on the life of Brother Hagin. Now, in this second verse of uh, the 12th chapter of Romans, the word declares, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, now, <laughs> I have several things. One of them he just gave me just now. That you may prove. that you may prove. You know how folk tell you, prove it to me. He said, through this, you're going to prove. When your mind is renewed, you'll be able to prove to the naysayers, to the folk who don't want to believe. You'll be able to prove to the people who say, you're a phony, you're a hypocrite. You'll be able to prove it to them, not because you're attempting to prove it, but because just your life will prove it. Because when your mind, when your mind becomes renewed, you say things that are not logical to them, but they'll come to pass. Hallelujah. Things will begin to work for you that won't work for anybody else. They'll attempt to do what you did, and it won't work. Even though they look at you and try to follow and do exactly what you did, it won't work for them. Because, see, you're doing it out of a renewed mind. And that renewed mind is so powerful that it, it, uh, we know that it, it, it refers to the word for everything, the renewed mind. It does not go by feelings. It does not go by past uh, learning or understanding. It does not go by tradition or even your, your family structure. It doesn't go, go by that. The renewed mind goes by only what the word says. And when you stick with the word, the word doesn't change because the word is God, and God doesn't change. He does not change. So if you stick with the word, it will come to pass. In the beginning, it will not look like it. It will not appear that it's going to work. Because it's not logical, and it does not fit in with the scheme of things. But he said, be not conformed to this world. So you know that it's going to be strange. That's a, that's a good word for you right there. That what you do is going to be strange, not only to other people, it's going to be strange to you. But you know the word, so you stick with it because you know the word doesn't change. 
The word is not going to change. If that's what he said, that's what he said, and that's what it will be. Hallelujah. All right? So now watch this. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13, Okay, I want you to look at the 11th verse, 1 Corinthians 13, with renewing of the mind. Watch this now. When I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Did you did you hear that? Let me let me read it again in case you didn't. First Corinthians thirteen eleven. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things so in other words when i mature i have to even put away the childish thoughts that's a part of the renewing the mind process even the thoughts that are childish must be put aside your thinking has to change so that you're no longer thinking like a child. Amen. See, a child thinks that nothing ever runs out. Amen. That's, that's the way they think. See, they, they think that way. That's fine if you're equating it to God. But when you're equating it to the natural realm and to my parents, they think you're the richest people in the world. <laughs> Amen. They want everything they see, two or three of them. Amen. My girls talk about getting what they call it. No, not Xbox. They moved on to something else now. They've got the Xbox. They got a new. Yeah, they got, they got something new. They want every color. Ain't enough to have one that works. They got to have every color. See, they think it's like a child. Amen. But we have too many adults who are chronologically adults who are still thinking like a child. And renewing your mind, you, you don't think like that anymore. You know, come on. Now, I mean, that's, I got to have every color. I mean, I look at, sometimes I look at these things uh, 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 where, they, where they're, they're showing the, what do they call it, the, the cribs or something like that. Right? And you look and you look at these guys, and some of these guys got 75 pair of sneakers in different colors. Chronologically, he's a man. But he's still thinking like a child. That's childish. That is childish. I mean, come on now. <laughs> 
But that's the one. You can tell. You can locate them. You can locate when someone is still thinking like a child. I know I was when I was 19, 20, 22, 23, racing through the streets with my my muscle car. Amen. See, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. It's going to be all right. I, I, got, I got to win at all costs. So I'm racing through the streets, lights turning red, people trying to walk across the street, you know. You better hear it. I'm coming. <laughs> but see, a child thinks, that's the way a child thinks. What if they're an elderly person and they hear it's not so good? What if they're a deaf person and they don't hear you coming? Thinking like a child, see? You know, when you, when you have some maturity about you, you change your thoughts. You know, no, that might hurt somebody. Uh, you, you talk about children being frank and want to get the truth. You know, folk children just they, they just blab it out. Well, I know some adults just like that. They could care less about your feelings, but don't say anything about them. They get highly upset, highly indignant. Okay, but see, they're they're still operating thinking like a child. Okay, because children, that's what they do. They just, they just speak out, and most of the time they'll speak the truth. Okay, they'll just speak the truth, so you got to watch it. I mean, you, you out somewhere, what you do at home, they're going to talk you. Amen. Amen. Because, see, in their eyes, you can do no wrong. So even though it was wrong what you were doing at home, they'll speak about it out in public because you can do no wrong. That mommy, that daddy, they, they, they right all the time until they get about 14. Then you're stupid. <laughs> then you don't know nothing. <laughs> Amen. See? But before that, you know, hey, you got it going on. You know it all. <laughs> Amen. So they think like a child. So we have we have to control that. Now in uh in Second Corinthians here, uh next next book, in Second Corinthians five, we we went over this. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians ten. I'm sorry, ten five. I'm always, I'm always saying five ten. It's ten five. Okay, Second Corinthians ten five. Yeah. Now it says casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So you have to bring your thoughts into captivity. In other words, I call it thought management. When you mature, thought management should come up first. I manage my thoughts. Because, you know, that is a realm that the enemy still has control. He can bring thoughts to your mind just like he can bring dreams. Amen. God can bring you a dream. Devil can bring you a dream. God can bring you a thought. The devil can bring you a thought. Amen. You have to know the difference. And that's why it's based on the word. You have to be able to go back to the word. That's why everything is based on the word. Everything everything that you do has to be based on the word. That's where a part of renewing your mind is getting, your, getting this word into you so that, hey, that's my, that's my God. That's my standard. 
any situation that comes up, any thought that comes up, I try to match it to the word. Here's, here's an error. Here's an error. Watch this now. Watch this. People have a dream, and they try to make the word fit their dream instead of the dream fitting their word. The dream has to fit the word, not the word fit the dream. Because, see, they, they'll twist the word to make it fit their dream. You cannot allow that. Thought management requires that you bring that thing into captivity and make it either fit the word or throw it out. You either fit or you get rid of it. If the thought don't fit, you must acquit. Amen. <laughs> you got you got to do it. You got to do it. See, that's a part of that's a part of your maturing. You got to mature. You got to mature. Uh, we went over that. I, I don't want to go over the the message for this week past weekend, but that was a part of the of the message is the fact that you must mature because until you mature, you are not eligible for all of the promises of God. So um, I mean, we might as well turn there real quickly. Galatians 4. Galatians 4. Because that was the crux of the message for this weekend. Galatians, the fourth chapter. In the very first verse. Galatians 4, verse 1. Now I say that the heir, remember the, the word says that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ because we're born again, because we're children of God. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child or immature, differeth nothing from a servant. You're the same as a servant, even though you're the heir. Though he be Lord of all. Even though he is Lord of all, even though he is the heir apparent, he's going to receive everything. But watch this. But is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father, until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. So it doesn't matter if you're born again. Doesn't matter if you're spirit-filled, talking in tongues. Doesn't matter if you carry your Bible. Doesn't matter if you carry your marker pens. Doesn't matter if you speak in other tongues every single day. Until you mature, you are still under bondage of the world. That's a heavy thought. That's a heavy thought. But God requires that we mature. He says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. When you desire something, when you earnestly desire something, you go after it. Let me say that again. When you earnestly desire something, you go after it. There's some folk don't open their Bible unless they come to church. You're not desiring the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You're not desiring it. Therefore, it will do you no good. And you will never mature. Paul said to, to, the, to the Corinthians, he said, I, I can't speak to you as to uh, spiritual because you're still carnal. I can't even share stuff with you. Oh, that's heavy. 
I cannot share certain things with you because you're still a baby. You're still immature. There's things that I know that I could share, but I can't share it with you because you can't handle it. Mm. Glory to God. This maturity is a serious business. Serious business. You've got to mature. And folk can tell if you mature. What do, what do kids do? They throw tantrums. You ever see folk in church throw tantrums? I have. I sit back and I say, oh, there's a baby. <laughs> get, the, get the pacifier. There's one. <laughs> when, they, when they throw a tantrum in church, you know, because cause they see, you know, they got to take or they got to take the gum out their mouth. That's one of the things at church, you know, and no gum chewing, and the, you know, throughout the building, you know. And when and one of the ushers or somebody said, you know, please remove the gum. <laughs> ah, there's a baby. There's, get go go to go to the nursery. Get one of them pacifiers. We done spotted another baby. <laughs> so, God, so Paul said, I can't share this stuff with you yet because you're still a baby, and I can recognize it. By those kinds of actions. I can recognize it when you get attitude because of certain things that are preached. If it's from the Bible, if it's if if it's confirmed by the mouth of two or three witnesses, what do you have to get an attitude about? And most of the time they get mad at the preacher. And I, that's why I love her brother brother uh brother Higgin used to say all the time, Hey, I didn't write it. I'm just reading it to you. What are you getting mad at me for? Okay. I mean, if you don't want to do it, that's your business. Go ahead and don't do it. But why get mad at me? He said, well, one time he preached and he said, this guy said, came up to him afterwards. He said, Reverend Higgin, I don't believe nothing you preached tonight. <laughs> he, said, he said it with attitude. And Brother Higgin said, that ain't my problem. That's your problem. And he said he walked off from him. He just walked away from the guy. And he said, the next night, the guy came back. He said, you know what? That is my problem, huh? That's not your problem. <laughs> but see, he was, he was immature, okay, because he came, he came in contact with a scripture that he could not accept. So he demonstrated his immaturity because he could not accept that. And so it is with so many people because they just can't take it. They can't handle it. Especially if they've been taught the opposite. That, oh, yes, sir. I'll do that. That reminds me. I'm going to give you a little story here. Uh, my grandmother uh, pioneered a church and uh, it was in Brooklyn. She was originally a Baptist, but the Baptists would not ordain women. So she went over to the Church of God not the Church of God in Christ, but the Church of God from Anderson, Indiana. And because they would ordain women. So she went over to the Church of God and they ordained her and whatnot. And she pioneered a church there in, in Brooklyn. And uh, they had a lot of uh, traditional things that they did because, of course, she brought a lot of her Baptist tradition with her, okay, into, uh, into the church that she, that she formed. So now, uh, I got acquainted with the people in, in the church. And after I got saved and started learning some of these things, I remember one of them was sick. And he, went, he was in the hospital, and I went to visit him. 
and uh, there was about five or six other church members there, and uh, a number of them were relatives. They were cousins and things like that, but they were all adults, and uh, you know, I was an adult too, but I was only, I don't know, maybe about 20-something, and uh, no, I'm sorry, 30-something. I was old when I got saved. Anyway, so uh, I went there to the hospital, and uh, they were talking about, you know, uh, the brother and one I saw that was in the hospital bed. And I said, well, uh, don't you want to, you know, want to be healed or have him lay hands? Because they don't lay hands on nobody. They ain't touching nobody. You said, yeah, you just deal with it, brother. You know, you deal with that thing. That's your cross to bear. And if God, you know, if God want to hear you, he will. If he don't, you, you just stay right there, okay? That was that. That's it. I mean, it was deep. It was deep, okay? That that, that was there. Hey, that's what they believed, okay? So he said, if God want to hear you, he'll hear you. If it's the will of God to hear you, he'll hear you. If it ain't his will, suck it up, brother. That's right. Suck it up. That's right. It's God's will. Amen. Hurt. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, I said to him, I said, now, uh, I mean, don't you want to be healed? I mean, don't you want to believe for your healing at least? Because I learned a little something, you know, from Brother Hagin. But then, you know, you couldn't be around him without learning something. So I said, don't you want to believe? They jumped on me like a bird on a June bug. I mean, they got after me tooth and toenail, all of them. I mean, some of them were yelling, that's blasphemy, that's blasphemy. God does his will. Whatever he wants to do, he'll do anyhow. You know, I mean, they jumped all over me. How can you say that? What, what is wrong with you? What's wrong with that boy? You know, they, I mean, they just jumped all over me. They went up one side, now another. I said, all I asked the man, don't you want to believe for your healing? So in other words, it's blasphemy to believe for your healing because this might be the will of God. That was their thinking. So I came away from there. Uh, I didn't say anything to them because I've always been very respectful and whatnot, even when I was a heathen. See, I was where I brought up. You know? So anyway, so I didn't say anything because they were all my elders and whatnot. So I didn't say anything. But when I came, I was hot. Let me, I was hot. I, boy, let me tell you. I said, Lord, you said be angry and sin not. I'm using it all. Uh, I'm using it all. I'm, I'm mad. Okay? So I went home. Boy, I was hot. I called my mother as soon as I got home because it was her cousin that was in the bed, and it was her brother and her and her sister-in-law, some of the mean ones that was jumping on me. Okay? And uh, so I went home, and I called her. And she said, oh, don't be like that. Don't, don't. Oh, don't be mad. Don't be bad at him. You know, I, said, I said, if I didn't know better, I'd hate him. <laughs> and the only reason I don't hate him, I know better. Amen. I said, damn rascals. You know what they did to me? And I'm a, I'm a new Christian. I was a new Christian at the time. They should be nurturing and trying to help me. And try. They jumped on me. I mean, they ate me up. Okay? And I'm trying to be respectful so I wouldn't but I was thinking it. I didn't know nothing about thought management. I was thinking it. You're a dirty old rascal. I'll cut you up. But anyway, so so, so I call my mother and I'm telling my mother about this stuff, you know, because I'm telling off on them. Hey, man, I'm going to tell on them, you know. So anyway, 
thing. So she's like, oh, don't be like that. You you just you just don't understand. That's the way they believe and blah, 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 blah. I said, yeah, but just think about it. I'm a new Christian, and I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm trying to learn and whatnot. And to think if they wanted to correct me, even if it was wrong correction, there's a way to do it. Okay, that's not how you do it. Okay, so she said, "Oh, so I said, okay, all right." And I hung up. I said, "No, I don't. I'm still ready." Dang. No, no, she didn't give me the right answer. I want her to be mad with me. See, <laughs> hey, hey, that's what we do. You know, what we call these folks. That's what we call them for. They won't forgive. You want them to agree with you. You know, yeah, don't get them old dogs. Yeah, let's get, let's talk about them or something. Anyway, so I hung up. I was, I was still mad. I talked about it the rest of the evening. So I went to bed that night and uh you know i guess i did my normal so i don't even remember what i did now but anyway in the middle of the night i had this dream and in this dream i'm talking about thought con control and thought management here okay and and maturing in the things of god in this dream i was in the bed and my son was in the bed with me he was only about i don't know maybe eight or nine at the time and uh in this dream i fell out of the bed and for some reason, I couldn't get back up. It's like I couldn't move. You know, you had those dreams where you froze and you didn't know there's somebody behind you. And you try to turn and you can't turn. You know, it's one of them kind. But I had fallen on the floor. So I'm trying to get my son's attention to help me back into the bed. And he was asleep. But finally, I got his attention. And he leaned over the bed and he looked and saw me on the floor. And he reached over to, 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 to assist me. And he, like he had his hand on my back. And when he touched my back, I screamed in pain. And then I woke up. And as quick as a flash, the Spirit of God spoke to me. And he said, the same pain that you experienced when he tried to help you is the same pain that they experienced when you came against their belief. See how powerful the belief system is? When you come against somebody's belief system, when their mind is not renewed, they become belligerent. They want to argue. They want to fight. They want to attack because you're attacking my inner core, what I really believe. And, and think about it. Grandma may have taught me this. Mama may have taught me this. My daddy may have taught me this. So in their, in their minds, you are attacking them. You're attacking their parents. You're attacking anyone who ever taught them what they believe. And I tell you, the Lord taught me a lesson that night. That's why I don't jump on folk for their beliefs. There's a way to approach it. I mean... I didn't do that, but they took it that way in that hospital room. They took it as I was attacking their belief system. I didn't know what their belief system was. I didn't have a clue, but it doesn't make a difference. A person's perception is their reality. Well, they perceive that that's what you're doing. That's why they react the way they react. So, as I said, the Lord taught me a lesson that night with that dream. Because, like I said to you, the, the Lord can give you a dream, just like the devil can give you a dream. But he taught me a lesson in that dream, and it was, it was, it was a quickie. It was a quickie. I got it right away. So, we should have our thought management under control at all times. Consider what you're going to say. 
before you speak it. Because that thought, you don't know where it's coming from. Amen. You, 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 know, you hear some people say, oh, I speak my mind. Oh, that's dangerous. Oh, that's dangerous. Because some folk got some messed up minds. And if they speak their mind all the time, they're going to do nothing but, but intimidate, harass, and cause problems. There's some, you know, there's some people that even in your own family, we all have, we all have them. There's some people that you just don't want to be around. Amen. We all have them. They are toxic people because they speak their mind. Their mind is not renewed. Amen. And they'll, they'll just say anything. Anything will come out of their mind. They could care less about hurting your feelings or, or causing a problem even in your household. They could care less. Well, I just speak my mind. You know how I am and what yeah, I do. <laughs> Amen. I know exactly how you are. Okay? There is no thought management there. There is no maturity there. But God does not release us from walking in love because we encounter those people. Deal with those things in such a way that you don't become abrasive or offensive. Okay? That's the key to it. It's not what comes at you. It's how you respond to it. That's what God looks at. Because <laughs> you respond to it, hopefully, from your spirit and not from your head. Because if you respond to it from your head before your mind is renewed, you're going to do just what you did before you were saved. Whatever you used to do, you're going to do again. Whatever, you, I mean, it's going to rise up on you, and, and I mean, you really could take the initiative. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You were ready to take the initiative. <laughs> That's another way of saying you want some of me. <laughs> Amen. See, that's a nice way of saying it. See, but that, that's that's what it means. See, and until you can get this, get this renewed mind into you, but it's something that you have to do daily. Daily, you have to do it all the time. You have to practice it. That's why he said, "Let not this word depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart." You have to do it consistently because if you don't do it consistently, it will get away from you, and that old man will rise up again. That old man will come to the surface, and you will act out of the old man instead of out of the new man, and you will always be immature. And you'll never, God will not be able to trust you to go to the next level. He'll not be able to trust you to minister to somebody that needs ministering to. And you may be the one that's equipped to minister to them. But until you are mature, you cannot do it. Amen. Amen. So, it, I mean, this thing is, it is so, so powerful that we really need to, to look at it. Now, let's turn, please, to John, the 16th chapter. And I know we're going to do communion, so we're going to we're going to pick up the pace a little bit. John, the Gospel of John, chapter sixteen. You know, I I I realized something uh, that is happening to me. And uh, I recognize it in Brother Hagin. 
and that is, I, I used to always say, I thank God for that old man, for the wisdom that God has put into him that he can impart. Because, I mean, he can tell you the, the weirdest, funny story, but if you really think about it, there's wisdom encapsulated in there that you can that you can draw out. And, and that's what I see so, so often now. I see, I can go back over scriptures that I've taught in the past and pull so much more out of it now, so much more wisdom to, to impart to people something that people can relate to, you know? Because it's easy to say God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That's easy to say. But what does it mean? And what does it mean to you? That's, that's the thing. What does it mean to you? See, so to pull the wisdom out of this is just so powerful. Uh, and so it is with this in John 16. Read it hundreds of times. But I see it in a different light now. In John 16, the seventh verse. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the Prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Whoa. That was there all the time. I've been reading it for years, but I never saw it in the light that I was just saying to you that you have to mature even though it's a truth. Even though you read it in the word. If you're not mature yet, It'll do you no good. It'll do you no good. That's why there's some promises in the Bible that people are confessing all the time, but it never becomes a reality to them because they never mature enough to really receive it. Mm. So Jesus said, <laughs> I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it? When he, the spirit of truth, is come out, don't, don't miss that. that You've got to hear what he says. How be it, or however, even though you can't bear it now, when I'm speaking to you in your presence, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He'll guide you. In other words, that maturing is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen just because you were born again. It doesn't happen just because you were filled with the Spirit. It doesn't happen just because you were baptized in water. It doesn't happen just because you've been going to church for five years. It's a process. He will guide you in the process. That maturing is a process. And every time you fall off the wagon, the process has to start all over again. That's why some people have been around for 20 years and they still have not matured because they, they stopped the process and have to start all over again. He says, I got many things to tell you. So then, so then that makes it a little clearer 
when when the apostle Paul tells them in Corinthians, I, I can't speak to you as unto spiritual. I have to speak to you as unto as unto carnal or as unto babes in Christ, as unto as unto children, because you can't bear what I have to say. Just like those people in that hospital room, they could not bear what I said, even though what I said was the truth. Wow. And some of them folk have been in the way a mighty long time, <laughs> as they say, okay? A uh, long because I'm talking about people who were, you know, probably, uh, at that time, probably 50 years of age. And they've been saved for, my goodness, 15, 20 years. But they could not bear it. They could not bear it because the maturity was not there. Sobering thought. So we need to consider our maturity. We need to consider, are we desiring the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby? Are we feeding on the word until, the, until, we, can, until we can receive strong meat? We have to be able to receive strong meat. See, that's what happened Friday night. I gave strong meat on Friday night. I mean, it was it was meat, okay? And I, I know some folk was choking. Because <laughs> they ain't used to it, see? They, they, they was waiting for the pablum. And we wasn't serving no pablum Friday night. We was serving strong meat, see? But that, that just shows their maturity. When they start choking, you know, oh, there's another baby. There's another baby, so you can recognize them. Amen. It's not difficult to do. Amen. So we're going to desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening to today's Living by Faith podcast. We trust you received something out of today's message. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New FMCF. Friend us on Facebook at Faith Mission Christian Fellowship International. And always remember, be not afraid, only believe, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is Lord and he is coming soon.